Good morning, good morning, and welcome to It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, on the air, and live from the Middle West of the divided states of America into the Republic, for which they stand, two nations under God, liberty and justice for some. And Mr. Biden's got a new Supreme Court pick that I'm sure will provide justice to some as well. And that's kind of where we're at in this country now. You can't uh, have an even-minded approach to things. And judicial disposition is a thing of the past, uh, being even-handed and trying to analyze what the Constitution of this country actually says versus what somebody is trying to do. It is now, do you believe what we believe, and will you circumvent the Constitution to implement what we believe, whether or not Congress has voted on anything? And Congress is kind of a waste of time anymore. I, we might as well just go back to a dictatorship or uh, a kingship, maybe. You know, let's let's just do the sovereign thing. I mean, why not just put somebody in control, their family? You know, I mean, it's kind of the way it is right now, the Biden family, uh, Clinton family. I mean, they're all part of the same family, aren't they, at the end of the day? And uh, it just, the ruling class, the elites, the godless, fearless people that run this country at this point because they control the levers of government and they have the uh, institutions that used to be trustworthy. You know, we watch, my wife and I watched this show on the FBI. It's called Sue Thomas. Who she's a deaf lady who went to work for the FBI, and just seeing what the FBI, the character of the people in this show that they portray, at least, um, and how different that must be today. And when you see things uh, like when President Trump was in office with these people that were the FBI that were trying to take him out be, just because of what he believed, just because he was uh, someone who was for the really for the people. And I think that's the uh, where we're kind of at right now in our governmental system. We have people that are for the government, for top-down control, for elitists running everything. And you have people, truckers, that want to be free, that don't want this top-down control that, that some want to implement in this country. And there's a lot of policy and theories that go along with this that people are trying to, to implement. And I believe it's a spiritual battle at the core. I believe it's it's something that uh, either you're putting faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ um, and living in a free society where people individually choose uh, how they pursue life, how they implement their own life, how they uh, desire to invest money and buy property or um, who they want to work for, or where they want to go. And then you have people that are the of the elitist ilk that I believe typically would believe in evolution, typically would believe in humanistic policies and, and processes that somehow humans are the answer, humans are the uh, pinnacle of society, and evolution would speak to that, that we have evolved further than all the other beasts on this planet. And so uh, Satan is using that as a cudgel against uh, Christianity, against freedom, against uh, things of that nature, and using puppets like uh, Vladimir, Vladimir Putin at this point to invade places like Ukraine, using the uh, government of China to uh, circumvent the freedom of its own people. 
And because of the policies that this country has pursued in the last 50 years, probably plus, um, we've allowed ourselves to be lulled to sleep and uh, are waking up now realizing that, you know, we had this pandemic and all of a sudden governments are trying to tell everybody what they can and can't do. And then trying to tell people you have to take a shot that does not prevent anything. And it's a surreal place we've gotten to here. And I'm, I'm thankful that people are starting to wake up and that uh, it's not going quite the way I think Biden and, and the elitists wanted it to. You know, Bill Gates wants everybody to have the shot. And I really wonder about that. Like, what is the end goal with that, people, right? So we, again, at It's a Religion, start with the Word of God, the Bible. Um, we believe the, the Bible is the absolute truth. It's what God gave us from the foundation of the world. The Bible was in development. And at some point, it all got written down over and across many, many years, many authors, and was pulled together. And God orchestrated this through men, through people, to give us a book that, that is a manuscript of life. It's the manuscript, um, I think somebody said before, it's the uh, something instruction manual before leaving Earth, right? Something like that. I don't remember the exact acronym, but but it is, uh, it, you know, again, I, I go back to the premise, you don't operate certain things if you don't know how to operate them without reading the manual. And I would suggest that if if, you wonder about life, how we got here, why we're here, what the purpose of it is. Uh, there, all the answers are there. All the answers are in the Bible, and it shows you uh, what you know how we got here. It shows it doesn't always. It isn't super clear on the why. You know why God wanted a relationship with human beings. Why God did what He did to create all this. I believe it's because. God wanted a relationship with his creation, with the people especially, because he created them in the image of God, which is different than everything else that was created. And it's pretty obvious when you look around at, at life and how life functions that that would be the case. But we are, uh, you know, back in January, we went through the book of Genesis to talk about the beginnings, and, and uh, then we looked at some of the history uh, in the Bible in the Old Testament which basically, again, is about uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth uh, some 2,000 years ago. <clears throat> and was born of a virgin and became a man and had a ministry and uh, healed many, did many miracles, did many things while he was on the earth and then went to the cross and died for our sins and then rose again the third day to be seated at the right hand of the Father, was seen by many. Um, and there's much proof to his existence. Uh, it's been tried over and over again to be disproved. It's been tried to to be gone against. And now it's at a point where uh, the folks that want to go against Jesus and, and Christianity in a lot of ways just resort, resort to name-calling because that's all they can do. They can't disprove it. Um, just like they can't disprove a, a recent creation, I believe 6,000-plus years ago, uh, all they got is, oh, we found this thing in the dirt, and it's 2 million years old. Really? How do you know this? Oh, carbon dating, or not carbon dating, but argon dating. Oh, just dating methods. Oh, just trust us. And that's pretty much where we're at. And so you have, again, I 
this is maybe oversimplified, but I still think it, it begs uh, or it exemplifies properly the idea between creation and evolution. Creation, super intelligent being created all this that is far beyond what we know and or uh, can understand at this point. B, uh, bowl of soup, millions of years. Hmm. Do, do, do. Okay, anyway, uh, what question does that make you ask? So we're in the end of the book of Romans. We're looking at faith. Faith is the substance of our religion. It's the substance of, of uh, what pe how people live life, right? You live life based on the faith that you exhibit. If you exhibit faith in Joe Biden, at this point, you probably believe that there is no God. You probably believe that government is the solution to everything. You probably believe that um, white people are evil. You probably believe that uh, truckers are evil. You probably believe that... Uh, I'm not going to get into that any further, but you probably believe a lot of things that I do not. And uh, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you believe that there is a God, that there is a purpose to this life, that you need to love and care for others, especially those that are within your realm of influence, and that you don't turn to the government for every solution to every problem. You don't turn to the government to uh, um, tell you whether you should wear a mask or not. Like you have intelligence, you are an intelligent being and you can look at facts. You can look at true scientific data and go, Hey, wait a minute. In India, they had one quarter of the one half the deaths that they had in the United States and they have four times the people. What did they do? Oh, they handed out ivermectin to everybody in a lot of these provinces over there. Hmm. And they have like no cases of COVID right now. It's like 200 out of a land of four, 1.4 billion and we have 27 million cases and we've got 60% of our people got shots. Huh? I follow the money people. So anyway, we are in the, the Romans 11 is where we're at. I'm going to, going to just read some of this and we're going to look at, uh, faith in the end of the book of Romans. So, we have uh, God saving. He starts out in, in Romans chapter 11. I have reserved myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Now, many people believe that is uh, God saying, I did this. I saved 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal, which is certainly a possibility. The other possibility is uh, 7,000 men have not bowed the knee to Baal, and God has saved them to himself which I, I think makes more sense from a biblical standpoint in my uh, humble opinion. But it doesn't matter because God is the one doing the saving, right? At the end of the day. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. Now again, you can't, some people will say, well, if people are left to their own in choosing whether to follow God or not, that is works. And i that's ridiculous. What you place faith in is not a work. It's just a simple decision. And so, uh, you know, I believe grace is given to those who put their faith and trust in Christ. And election then 
supplant or you know not supplants that election uh, codifies that it it secures that 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 grace then says okay you are saved it's by the grace of God you are saved so that you can't boast when you simply put faith in what God did there's no way to boast in that oh I put faith in it you didn't <laughs> no. Now, if God chose you miraculously and said, I will give you the faith to believe in me, and he doesn't do that for others, then I think there is a reason to boast, from my standpoint, my humble opinion. But other, you know, other people believe different. I, I'm just, it makes more sense to me that, that people have to exhibit that faith and then something can occur. Just like when throughout the, the New Testament, when Jesus is healing people, he says, your faith has made you whole. Um, when he went to Nazareth and couldn't heal people, it, was because, it wasn't because he had a lack of ability. It's because people had a lack of faith in him and, and what he could do. So anyway, uh, what then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeks for, but the election has obtained it and the rest were blinded. So according as it is written, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that should not see and ears that they should not hear under this day. And I think when you look at Romans 1, it talks about that. When people suppress the truth and unrighteousness, God closes their, at some point, God then says, no, nah, well, you're not going to be able to see then. And I think that's what's going on in today's world. People have chosen to follow this blatant, uh, thumb your nose at God theory of evolution. And things of of the same nature things that result out of that and god's like okay you know you've chosen your path let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always so i say have they stumbled that they should not fall god forbid but rather through their fall salvation has come unto the gentiles in order to provoke them to jealousy so in reality god uses this as a, a vehicle then to save more people and uh to help Israel see its fallacy. Now the fall of them uh, be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles. How much more their fullness. For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of Gentiles. I magnify my office. If by any means I may provoke to awaken jealousy in them which are of my flesh, I might save some of them. So, you know, his purpose is trying to save Israelites. It's trying to help the people of Israel see that Christ is the Messiah. For if the casting away of them be reconciled in the world, what shall be receiving of them be life from the dead? For the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, so coming into the kingdom of God, and we're able to uh, take part in it, as a grafted branch is the whole tree, uh, boast not against the branches, but you, if you boast, you bear not the root, but the root you. I'm not sure what he means by that. You will say then the branches are broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off right there. Because of unbelief, these people who follow other things, who follow after fables like evolution um, are broken off. And you stand by faith. Be not high-minded then, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not you. Because ultimately, it's still up to God. Is God the God in control of things? Is he the one um, that decides ultimately who's saved and who isn't? Yeah, 
I mean, he put the process in place by which we can be saved. He put the process in place by which we can be born into this planet and have life. I plead to you, therefore, brethren, moving on to chapter 12, by the mercies of God, that all of you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Which is uh, why here at It's a Religion, we don't suggest you go out and, and get inebriated every weekend. I used to do that when I was younger. Um, you know, if you want to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, you can't do that when you're stone drunk or uh, otherwise, when you're inebriated by drugs or um, other types of things, when you're not being faithful. And be not conformed to this world, but be all of you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that all of you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect, the will of God. And here's a key component of that. You have to watch what you're taking in and what you put in your, putting your trust and faith in. You know, following the world's guidance in the last two years, where has that gotten everybody? Two years of lockdowns, two years of masks, two years of... When in reality, this thing could have been over in three months if we would have followed the true science and followed the truth of God. For I say... Through the grace given to me that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, again, there's a statement that's, that seems to imply that God is the one that gives faith. And I would say when once someone has placed their faith and trust in God, then God will come alongside him and help him, right? God's spirit, when God's spirit comes inside you, does that increase or decrease your faith? For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophesy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait in our ministering, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorts on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, detest that which is evil. And folks, I can't think of anything more evil on this planet. Uh, that, well, there's a few things more evil than the belief in evolution or the theory of evolution, but, but there's not many, because I think that theory has led to many of those other things. Plead with that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but be condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide honest things in the sight of men. If it be possible, as much as it lies with you, live peaceably with all men. And dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, you shall heap coals of fire in his head. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, is it not? I would say it is. When you don't like somebody, when somebody's your enemy, you know, I would have a hard time 
giving a leftist communist professor in uh, one of our colleges that is an atheist and puts his trust and faith in evolution, I would have a hard time being nice to them. I would. That's, that's just, I would. But if I'm a true follower of Christ, then I am called to do that, to do what's within my power to be kind to them, be uh, be what um, I can be to them. So with that in mind, uh, let's take a look at some of the, there's a couple things today. And I, it's just so nice. The CDC relaxes mask guidance, paving way for end of mandates. Isn't that nice? Two years, people, two stinking years. We've been at it. And this whole thing has been political the whole time. They have, they have not used uh, science to justify any of this. And from the beginning, it should have been, hey, people with potential issues um, that don't have access to ivermectin and good drugs that can help, good therapeutics that can help uh, alleviate the symptoms of this thing uh, should wear masks typically when they're out in public. But the rest of y'all get about your lives, go buy a bottle of ivermectin, and uh, away you go. And again, if people really looked at people treating this disease and the ones that were on the front lines, um, American frontline doctors and people like uh, Dr. Zelensky, uh, you would not have had the same results from this thing as what we did. And the mainstream media has killed many people because of that. I, I lay it right at their feet because they went right along with the government's edicts on this. And uh, Peppermint Patty just uh, continues to lie to our faces. So when we have the first black woman nominated because it's not about the content of your character, it's about the color of your skin anymore. And we can't all be human beings and all of equal stature because of that. And forgive me, but we should be. I mean, that's, we are all humans, folks. We are all of the same makeup. And just because someone is from a different country, someone is from a different part of the country, someone has darker skin color than another person, should make no difference in how we treat each other. Now, if someone has a different cultural bent than you do, someone from the Northeast, for instance, does not look at life the same typically as someone from the South, that's okay. You know, agree to be different and move on with life. Debate issues respectfully. And uh, at the end of the day, vote on stuff. And, you know, if, if more people believe we should have top-down government control, then I guess we'll have top-down government control. But when you go to the lengths that they have in the last couple of years to circumvent an election, to do things basically that are evil, just to, to be able to maintain power, to get rid of someone who I believe was more for the people than, than probably the last 20 presidents in this country. Someone that was had done something, someone that was of the people and by the people and for the people, um, which is why they call him a populist president. So here's an interesting article in the Epic Times, The New World Order of Economic Policy. 
I'm not one to, to subscribe to conspiracies, but it sure seems strange how we got here. Just over a decade ago, Hank Paulson went to Congress and asked for a bazooka-sized bailout to, cl- to calm global financial markets. They came up with a $700 billion price tag, and at, a, at the time, a number of that size was unheard of. Well, today, Washington is throwing around trillions like their nickels and dimes. There's always the problem of budget creep. Every year, your expenses get a little bigger and bigger, so you don't really... Notice how much more you're spending, but these expenditures have gone up by orders of magnitudes in just the last few years. This is where it gets weird. A secret cult has taken hold in our financial system, a new world order of economic policy, if you will, one that promises unlimited growth and prosperity and promises to deliver it all without any negative repercussions. It's called the cult of MMT, Modern Monetary Theory. It's an an obscure economic theory that suggests countries and sovereign currencies are not operationally constrained by revenue when it comes to spending. So it's a dangerous idea that is playing out in real time. Um, It says deficits don't matter for a couple of reasons. According to cult members, government balance sheets aren't like a family's. When you spend more money, you can't then you earn and save, you eventually go broke. Not so with governments. That's because any sovereign country, one that controls its own currency, can never go broke because it can always print its own currency to pay its debts. To be fair, you could do that too, but that's called counterfeiting. Not only that, they say deficit spending is not is the only way to drive growth. MMTers actually believe that deficit spending by the government is a good thing because, wait for it, the government's deficit is someone else's surplus. The second main point of MMT is that the bond market, the mechanism by which our government borrows money to finance its deficits, is unnecessary. Bonds only provide a place for people to safely invest their money. How they determine yields is a mystery to me. Instead, MMT would propose merging the Federal Reserve with the Treasury Department so the Fed can print and Treasury can target where the money goes. Never mind that the Treasury is part of the executive branch reporting to the President and the Fed isn't officially a part of the government. They'll just cut out the middleman, right? Think about that. Congress no longer then has the power of the purse strings. The president would have authority over that. Finally, while the bond market is unnecessary, taxes are totally necessary for three reasons. First, you need to have taxes to make your currency relevant. In other words, U.S. dollars are necessary because you have to pay your taxes in dollars. You are a captive of your country's currency. Second, a uh, rare event that the economy should overheat and the inflation starts ramping up due to all the rampant surpluses the government is doling out. Taxes are a means to drain liquidity out of the system to cool the economy. So it's a good idea to raise taxes on folks as their cost of living is skyrocketing. Finally, and this may be the most important reason, taxes are a means to redistribute wealth. Well, what could go wrong with that? It's easy to understand the attraction of this monetary cult. Who wouldn't want to live in a country where government offers growth and prosperity on tap? But I'm afraid their belief system misses an important point. Dollars are measures of value. They're not value in and of themselves. MMT detaches the dollar from any sense of real productive value, making it worthless. For decades now, interest rates, the price of dollars, have been on the decline, making it cheaper to access them and less profitable to hold them. Today, staring down the face of a roaring inflation, our economy is more addicted to cheap money than ever before. The Fed is going to take a stab at getting inflation under control by raising interest rates, and that has the potential to lead to major repricing in a whole range of assets. Thus far, Fed Chairman Jay Powell has made it known that they're taking the training wheels off the market, and it should. Stocks are going to have to learn to stand on their own, but if they can't, we may all end up in the cult of MMT. Should spending resume before the Fed rank and rein in inflation, precious metals will likely 
leap back into the spotlight. I'd expect current underperformers like um, something, something um, would be worth a look. And so, interesting, huh? And, you know, that was, uh, that's Bernie Sanders' platform. That's the platform of, of some of these socialists is, you know, hey, we can just give everybody a paycheck. You know, the people that are going to be out of jobs because of automation, we'll give them $1,000 a month, minimum uh, income. And we'll take that from people that have more. So thus making things more equitable in the end. And we will be in control of that. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Some crazy man from Vermont is going to control how much you can have in this life. Yeah, that makes sense. Never works, folks. Never has worked. Never will work. Uh, it's not the way God intended it. God intended men to be free. And for you to be able to own property and to, uh, well, I think in, originally they were supposed to be subject to God in the garden. And um, when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a shift in that, that they were going to have to earn their own key. But they were free to do so, right? They were free to go out and, and live off the land. And that's a, a concept that is lost on a lot of people that put their faith and trust in other ways. Um than the Christian uh, ethic. So with that, I'm going to call it a day. Y'all have a beautiful, wonderful Saturday. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the small things Like me and her on a poor swing For summer nights and fireflies And the sound of my old six-string Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings If I still got breath in these lungs and that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor, for my babies, for my girls, for the way they change my world. Waking up today, yeah, I just gotta say thank you, Lord.